Hey, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast from Vital Point Church. My name is Ron. I'm the pastor here at Vital Point. We believe that it's important for people to explore and grow in their faith. And my hope, my prayer is that this message that you're listening to will draw you closer to better understanding how you can live out your faith journey in the everyday life. Sit back and enjoy. Today we begin a brand new series um, called Practicing Wisdom. And what we're going to do for the next nine Sundays is we're going to be taking a look at an Old Testament book called Proverbs. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about wisdom as it applies to areas of our lives that matter. We're going to talk about morals and ethics and family, business, marriage, money, work, faith, culture. We're going to talk about the wisdom that comes from this book and applies to our lives. Now, as we jump into this, I want to give you a summer challenge. We actually are calling this our call to action. Typically on a Sunday morning, uh, our very end moment of our service is called uh, call to action. It's typically after the very last song, but I'm going to do it right up front so that you know how important this call to action is as it relates to the summer challenge. Here's what it is. Proverbs, the book in the Old Testament, has 31 chapters. And if you're doing the math real quickly, July and August both have 31 days. So the summer challenge is this, is to read a chapter of Proverbs every day through the month of July, and then do it again through the month of August. And you'll read a chapter, so you means you'll read Proverbs twice this summer. Now, let me kind of speak into this for a minute, because some of you already, and some of our team has challenged me on this, well, Ron, it's July 3rd, what do we do? (laughs) Just read three chapters today. (laughs) That's why I get paid the big bucks around here, to just give clarity, clarity, you know. Just read three, it's Sunday, you can read three chapters, it's going to be okay. So uh, read three chapters. And some of you are like already in your mind, you're thinking, well, Ron, I'm already in a reading program. I don't want to add another one. Like I'm reading through Revelation right now and I'm just loving it. And I just like, I just, I just, you know, if if you don't know what that is, it's the last book of the New Testament. It's got some freaky parts to it. Um, Just add Proverbs on on top. It will balance out the freaky parts. So it's just, you could read that on top of that. So read that, and you might be, no, this is serious, you might, some of you might be like, I don't even have a Bible. Well, that's okay, because there's an app called YouVersion, and you can download it on your phone or on your, whatever you want to download it onto, and you can actually uh, read it there, and you can follow it. It can actually read it for you, which is even more fun, so you can actually do that. Now, here's where I'm going to up the game. This summer challenge, I'm going to up the game, okay? Now, here's what I want you to do. This is an accountability thing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put my phone number right here on the screen. It better be there. This is my phone number, 519-671-1623. This is my personal phone number right now. What I want you to do is, if you're so willing to accept this mission, what I want you to do is I want you to type your name and then I'm in, okay? So what I want you to do is right now, just take your phone out, write this in, put my phone number in, and I want to hear my phone begin to ding for the next 25 minutes as I do this talk, okay? So here we go. Some people are dialing in, so 519, and you're going to do this. Now, here's the fun part, okay? Here's the fun part. Let's just take this in. This could have gone really bad, but it's going really good. This could have gone really bad. So here's the thing. At the end of each month, what I want you to do is I want you to text me and say, I'm done. 
So I'm done. So you're going to just text, I'm done at the, on the 31st of July and the 31st of August. Now, um, this, is, I, this is now really distracting. Okay. It's like, squirrel. Um, so here's the other piece of it. I need to ask you to do me a favor. Uh, just don't abuse my phone number, okay? Just don't abuse it. Uh, unless you want to text me on my birthday and tell me how much you love me, uh, you can do that. But don't, don't, don't abuse the number. I'll put it out there. Now... Okay, get rid of it. Okay, good. Okay, we'll bring it back in a second because some of you are still praying about it, whether you want to do this. Now, let me speak into reading Proverbs, okay? Because some of you are going to read this for the first time and you are going to be tempted to read it like a faith fortune cookie, okay? So I want you to be aware of how important this is. This is a setup for you as you read it through the summer months. You cannot take one verse on its own. You have to be wise, (laughs) and how you read Proverbs. You have to balance it out with the bigger picture. Let me explain it like this for you. Proverbs chapter 22, verse six says this. This is an example. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, many a good Christian mom and dad have used this verse to define how they are to raise their kids in a Christian home. But what ends up happening is when their kid becomes a teenager or a young adult, they go off the rails and they walk away from church, they walk away from Jesus, and they walk away from faith and all aspects of what they brought their child up in. And they go back to this verse and they go, God, what happened? They were supposed to not fall away. They will not depart. It's because you've taken it out of context. You have to read Proverbs 30, verse 17. The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. Parents, you can use this. You can use this if you so choose to scare the life out of your kids. Take them out and say, see the vultures, right? See the birds. No, what's he saying? is that the kid's responsibility is to follow the wisdom that their parents has given them. It's ownership of the child as well. See, it balances out. It gives perspective. It helps see a bigger picture. We can cause a lot of pain taking one verse out of context in our journey of faith and apply it to our walk with Jesus and go, I thought you, and you need a bigger picture. Plus, also, if you look at Proverbs 22, verse six means train the child in which they should go, not what you think they should go, which means you need to be a student of your child and training them up with the gifts and the talents and the abilities that you see in them. And that's an important distinction of telling and stop telling them that they can be whatever they want to be because God has uniquely wired them. And so your job as parents is to find that and to guide them in that direction. That's another conversation for a different time. So if you so choose to take this summer challenge, Look at it from that perspective, and I'm going to put my number back up again in case some of you want to do this, 519-671-1623, and you can blow my phone up all you want, especially on my birthday. All right, so here we go, which is July 12th, in case you're wondering. Okay, so, yeah, you liked that, didn't you? Yeah, okay, I'm going to start off 
Proverbs chapter one, verses one through seven. We got a, a, quite a journey here, so let's dive in. Proverbs chapter one, verses one through seven. It's the beginning, and it sets the whole tone for the summer. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. So we start right away recognizing that he is the author of the vast majority of the Proverbs of these wisdom. There's other contributors too, but they've likely taken it from him. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealings, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give Prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the word of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. If you've noticed your life, and if you've taken any time to step back, you realize that your life is filled with choices and decisions every single day. From the moment you wake up, when that alarm goes off, you have the choice. Do I hit the snooze button or not? Do I get out of bed or not? The choices begin at that moment and they run through the course of the day. Every single day is filled with decisions and choices. It feels like a real-time price is right, doesn't it? At times, we find ourselves wondering, do I spin the wheel one more time to see if I can get close to that one dollar? Do I, what do I do to outbid other people? How are these choices and decisions piling up inside of us? And we wrestle with making good choices and right choices. They don't just capture ourselves within the context of an alarm, but even bigger things as well. Each and every one of us have big choices each and every time we find ourselves at a crossroads. You have a job opportunity that's come your way. Your job is great, but do you choose to take this one that's come your way? The business, uh, the business uh, your business is at a crossroads. If you so choose to make a decision, go to the left, you realize what it might bring you. If you choose to stay on the path, you know what that might bring as well. You've been dating her for a while and you wonder, should I keep going or should I pull the plug on this and move on? All of us have these choices and decisions. What compounds this and makes this even more complicated, especially for someone who's a follower of Jesus Christ, who wants to walk by faith, we live in the tension of, what does God want me to do? We sometimes find ourselves in in a place where we ask ourselves, what does God actually want me to do with this choice or this decision? Because I don't want to make the wrong choice or decision. Like for a while back there, a few years ago, I was contemplating and praying about starting a vital point site in Costa Rica. I was praying about it. Like, God, what do you want from me on this? What do you want from me? And the voice of God sounded strange, like my wife. And he said, no, we're not going, right? So it's just not happening. We want to be wise. We want to discern. We want to make good choices in life. That's why this proverb, Proverbs chapter one, is a great place to start. We start at this place because it helps us understand what wisdom is and where it comes from and what it means to be a wise person. What we discover from the beginning of this, of this section is what wisdom is. And as I was studying and reflecting and looking at all the different definitions of wisdom, I wanted to give you one that kind of just came out of my fingers and I hope it makes sense. Wisdom is an acquired skill through a disciplined life of applying godly truth to everyday living. There's many definitions for wisdom, but this one kind of stuck to me as I was writing. It kind of came in my head. Wisdom is an acquired skill through a disciplined life of applying godly truth in everyday living. There's an intentionality of gaining insight and understanding to the place where you grow, where wisdom saturates our lives. Wisdom is a place where we learn to walk into the midst of our lives, making choices and decisions, not based on just emotionally charged moments, but in moments based on understanding and discernment. 
Look at these two, look at these three verses right off the top. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to re- receive instruction in wise dealings, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. See, what we begin to realize is that wisdom is not something that we're born with. It is gained, it is given, it is received. Matter of fact, if you look at the word wisdom out of the Old Testament, you recognize that wisdom is about mental and physical skills that come together, often referring to someone who's a craftsman, a sailor, a singer, a mourner, or an administrator, but it also applies to moral and ethical perspectives to help us skillfully navigate life. I love that understanding. Actually, the word understand from the section that I just read for you speaks about insight and the craft of seeing between the lines of life and culture. I want to say that again for you. The word understanding here from the section that I just read for you speaks about insight and, and the craft of seeing between the lines of life and culture. Wisdom helps us walk the path of the, in the middle of the messages that come our way that we find a path through the middle of the messages and maintain our eyes fixed on understanding from a godly perspective and a truth that is brought into our lives from the truth of the Bible. Doing this keeps us from being pulled from one direction or the other. Godly wisdom helps us navigate the middle and it protects us. It protects us from the pull from the left and the pull from the right. It It helps us navigate this. Now, it's interesting as I was beginning to examine this and talk and think about this from our culture's perspective, I stepped back for a moment and did some reflecting this week again. And it's something that's been coming up over and over and over again for us over the last number of months here as a church. We've been trying to find our way through the complexity of culture and society. Some of us would maybe agree, generally speaking, that what we see right now is an absolute hot mess. We don't know what is right and wrong, and we don't even know what truth is anymore, and we find ourselves pulling our hair out in confusion. We're trying to find our way through this, protected from the messaging that we're seeing, because some of us desire to do what God wants us to do. Some of us desire to make the right choices and decisions in the midst of all this, and we're trying to sort it out. And we're trying to find a way to protect ourselves in the middle of all of this. And we find ourselves confused. And we find ourselves upside down. We find ourselves going, which way do I go? Because when we look at culture and society, we begin to realize things seem to be unraveling. Racism continues to be at an all-time high and is in the consistent evil aspect of racism. Abuse seems to be on the rise. We hear statistics and hear stories. Do you know that Two-thirds of human trafficking reported in Canada happens in Ontario. Two-thirds. We even see the identity of what it means to be human is being untethered from God's design. And we are left confused and disoriented. We're trying to sort it out, how to walk through the middle of it with wisdom that protects us. We try to find this middle ground. We understand that wisdom is a necessary piece to rise up in the middle of the confusion and try to speak into the things that breaks the heart of God. Verse three says, to receive instruction is in wise dealing in righteousness, justice, and equity. So when we see it from this perspective, we realize that it's more than just simply a protection. It actually gives us a way to walk in this. Wisdom is actually this idea of understanding what is right, just, and fair in the midst of all the confusion. Recently, I've, 
Uh, I oftentimes will, I shouldn't say recently, over the past while, I, I, I will watch um, followers of Jesus post certain things on social media. And I will often scratch my head and I'll, I'll kind of go, wow, that seems to be driven from a place of emotion, not wisdom. And I, and I sometimes will look at that and I'll kind of, not with a judgy spirit, but just kind of pondering and wondering. And, and at times I realize that out of our emotional state, we might say, well, it's my right to be angry at all the things that I see happening in our world. But we must understand that anger disconnected from wisdom is dangerous. And we must find a way through it. I know this all too well. And this past few years, I, I've at times wanted to respond emotionally out of anger, not out of wisdom. When I see certain things on social media and I, I want to respond from that place, and I've responded a few times, and I've read it to Desiree, and, and, and she will give me that look. And it's like, no, you, you shouldn't probably post that. Don't forget who you are. And don't forget you know, the, the pastoral role that you have in a community. And I realized that it wasn't out of wisdom. It was actually out of emotionally charged. So we recognize that as we see this idea of wisdom, we come from a place of protection that helps us in our lives as we move through the middle in a right, just, and fair way. This is a protective piece for our lives. It helps us not to be pulled from the left or from the right or from the messaging that we see. Wisdom is essential. But we also see it, as a, and I've hinted to it already this morning, it not only protects, but it guides us. It guides us. Look at, look at verse five. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtains guidance. So it protects us as we walk through the middle of the messaging that we have in our world and the choices and decisions we're trying to make, but it also guides us. I love this. When I discovered it this week, I couldn't wait to share it with you, that the, that the wisdom is a guidance, and it's connected to this idea of steering a ship, steering a ship in the right direction, But it comes from this idea of steering a ship in a storm to a place of safety or calm. Wisdom guides us. Guidance flows out of our ability to hear and increase in our learning and in our wisdom. It's something we increase in and it gives us guidance. You are not born with it, you grow into it. Now, I gotta ask a few questions. Have you ever noticed that some people are really smart but not wise? Don't look at the person beside you. Please. Have you ever watched a really smart person make bad choice after bad choice? Again, don't look at the person beside you. Have you ever watched a really smart person live most of their life in a hot mess and drama all around them? Again, Don't look at the person beside you. See, just because someone is smart does not mean they are wise. And just because someone is successful doesn't mean that they're wise or smart. They may be just lucky. See, wisdom guides us. It's it's often why um, young people, teenagers, they make interesting choices, don't they, at times? Like you as a parent, if you've got a teenager, you know this all too well. Sometimes they make bad choices or dumb choices, right? The other day I was sitting with some friends and we were sitting around some guys after a golf, we were in a golf tournament together and we were sitting around on the patio afterwards just enjoying some time together. And um, we started talking about when we got our driver's license. And uh, it was so fun. 
And uh, the guys were all sharing their stories about getting their driver's license. And some of them had some, we're thankful they're still alive, some of them, right? It's just like, I didn't share my story. And I'll apologize right now to my mom. And she's listening to this because she doesn't know the story yet. She watches online. If my phone goes off, you know she's watching. Um, I, my mom bought me a car when I was a teenager and uh, when I turned 16. And uh, a Plymouth Horizon. It was white, then we painted it black, and it was a four-speed, and it had a power booster base thing in it. It was so fun. I was 16 years old, and I look back at that, and I think how, how this, the crazy choices I made. I was living in New Brunswick, growing up in New Brunswick, and my buddies and I were driving from Heartland, New Brunswick, to Woodstock. If you know where the longest covered bridge in the world is, that's where I grew up. I used to skip school and go and hide underneath the bridge and everything. It's, it's, if you ever visit the summer, you go there. It's pretty cool. Uh, so there's hope for your teenagers, just so you know. Um, uh, I, I remember following my buddy one night going into Woodstock on the Trans-Canada Highway. It's a two-lane at that point. It's not the big double lane it is now. And I pulled over and passed my buddy on the shoulder. And I went up on the shoulder and around in front of him, not even thinking that there could have been someone parked on the shoulder, not even thinking about that. It was just in the moment, right? Choices, decisions that can guide us. Sometimes we find ourselves in those places and understand, looking back, we go, man, am I ever glad I'm somewhat growing up and getting out of that? I still don't, I don't pass anybody on the shoulder anymore. I just pass them on the right side, on the left side. The author of this, interesting, the author of Proverbs, is King Solomon, I referenced him earlier. He contributed the vast majority of the, of the wisdom sections of this proverb. Look, this moment is so great. He actually He's in the greatest seat of power. And he has this greatest opportunity. God comes to him in a dream. And God says to him, you can, do, you can ask me anything you want. Look what he says in 1 Kings 3. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David my father. Although I am but a little child, give your servant therefore an understanding mind to govern your people that I may discern between good and evil for who is able to govern this, your great people. Solomon had the opportunity to ask for anything he wanted, and he asked for wisdom. I am but a little child. In the most powerful seat in the nation, he asks for discernment between good and evil. I wonder what we would have asked if we were given that opportunity by God. What is it that you would have asked? See, wisdom is a necessary piece that protects us and guides us as we go through life. It's something that we grow in. It is something that we receive as we mature and as we grow. But where does it start? Where does it begin? Verse seven helps us. It's actually the the critical piece of the entire Proverbs comes from this verse. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. We cannot have godly wisdom if we do not have a proper starting place. It says the beginning of knowledge begins at a place of fearing God. Fearing God. The essence of wisdom comes from this place where I live out of reverent awe of who God is in my life. That if I'm going to gain insight and understanding for the life that I live in this world, we must understand that it comes from a place where I submit my desires, my will, my dreams, my every part, my will, my, 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 my emotions, my strength, my every aspect of who I am. I submit it to God and I live out of fear for him, out of reverence for who he is. 
trusting that his design for me is true, worshiping him as the one who truly shapes my life, obeying and serving him as the one true focus in our lives. The entire understanding of wisdom is birthed out of a place of fear for God, a holy awe for who he is. And as I adapt to understanding what it means to live from that place, it means that I live from a place of humility. That as I live from the place of humility, he bestows upon us the wisdom to live in this world in which we live in. To live in the opposite aspect of this, he actually speaks about is a person who lives as a fool, as a fool. Now, we don't like this word all that much, and we don't like to call someone a fool because it feels awkward and uncomfortable. But there's three different words for the word fool in the Bible. This one is actually referring to the third one, which is this, an arrogance of one who refuses to fear God and gain instruction. A fool is one who is arrogant and refuses to fear God and gain instruction. A fool stands in their pride saying, I don't need anyone to tell me how to live my life. I will live my life how I so choose. I will define what is right for me and nobody can tell me how to live my life. Pride is a slippery slope that leads to destruction. Matter of fact, Proverbs 16, verse 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. This is true for individuals. This is true for churches, families, and people groups. Pride will always lead to disaster and needs to be avoided at all costs, even if it means you don't get a promotion or gain influence or even get noticed. Pride refuses to listen and will lead to brokenness and pain. Wisdom, though, leads us to a place and a path of understanding the holy character of God, that out of his character and my reverence and my awe for him, I understand his compassion. I see his mercy, his love, his justice, and his holiness. And as I live in awe of who God is, that washes over me and gives me an awareness of how to walk in the middle of my personal choices and decisions as it relates to my money, my family, my work, my every aspect of who I am. It helps me to walk in the midst of the confusion in which we find ourselves in making choices and decisions from a place of honoring God leads us out of a place of wisdom. So when we grow in wisdom, it protects us in the choices and decisions that we make. It protects us as we have the messaging that comes in from all angles and all sides, but it also guides us as it steers a ship through the stormy waters. So where do we we begin? What do we do now? Where do we go from here as a people, as we look into the summer months, as we look into what's coming in the next nine weeks? Well, the first thing is this. I would say that we need to begin by confessing that oftentimes we live from a place of self-gratification. We live often from a place that is driven from self without any reverence or fear for who God is. We're more inclined at times to seek wisdom from other places and other sources and not simply just from uh, the world aspect but from other aspects of understanding from uh, different movements and different things that come into our lives. And so we must confess, get to that place. We need to learn to begin to fear God. Fear God more than we fear things in the world and in our choices and our decisions. And the last thing as I think we need to do in confession and learning to fear God is to submit to God. Submit our desires, our plan, our instructions in order to find guidance. Maybe what we need to do is more often in our choices and our decisions, 
is hold them up before God and say, how does this honor you? How does this choice, this decision honor you? And as we do, what happens is we gain wisdom in strengthening that in our lives as we move through the choices and decisions we make each and every day. And maybe it's simple as this, like Solomon. God, I need you. I am but a little child. Help me to discern between right and wrong. God, give me the wisdom that I need. Pull me outside of myself. Pull me into what you long for me and decide for me. God, I desire you more than I desire the things of this world. This is where we find true wisdom for life. So there's a verse in uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 3, that says that all the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge are found in Jesus. It's a fascinating little verse. It's a, it's a verse that helps us understand that as much as we are seeking and pursuing this thing we call wisdom, it's actually a deeper thing than just that. It's the pursuit of Jesus. If the hidden, if the hidden treasures of God are found in Jesus, it's where we find knowledge and wisdom for life. Let's close our eyes and we're gonna bow our heads and we're gonna pray. And I wanna say this to you. We believe and been praying that God was gonna move this morning and believing that he was going to reach some of us today and speak deep within our beings, not an audible voice, not anything weird like that, just simple nudges. And maybe today you've recognized that it is something that you've been missing is not only the wisdom factor, but it's the Jesus factor. One of the very things that we realize about Vital Point Church is that we realize that Jesus is vital to your life and that we want you to know who he is and that you can actually walk in this life with him, that you can find this beautiful, intimate relationship with him and you can grow that union with him. And as you do, he speaks into the choices and the decisions that you make. Does that take time? Yes, it takes time. Yes, it takes time to discern and to know how that looks and feels, but it is true today. And so today, maybe is your day where you say, you know what? I've been living out of self far too long. I've been on the fence, but today is my day where I am going to trust Jesus. And by faith, you say, Jesus, I'm exchanging my life for yours. Come into my life today. May you be a people who are wise. May you be a people who are wise in a way that walks with protection and guidance in the midst of the choices and decisions that you make. As we pray. I'm going to say this. Our prayer room downstairs is open. You can go and spend some time there if you need. And after the service, our cafe's outside. It's a beautiful day. Stick around, grab a coffee, meet someone new, and let's just hang out together. And I believe we've got things for the kids to do. And don't tell your kids, but I believe there's freezies as well. It's going to be fun. Let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for your love and your grace and your kindness today. And we declare today your goodness. We declare today that you desire us to live as wise people and that it's something that we can grow in. Father, we thank you for your love that you pour over us this morning. And even though sometimes we find that confusing and sometimes we're just not certain, we can claim the promise today that you have been here in our midst. God, I pray that you would continue to do your work in us as we leave here today, that you would help us to be people who are wise 
that people that pursue you, that live in the holy awe and fear of who you are. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you next week. Thanks for being here today.